0: Thank you so much. It's just a great privilege to be with you today, and 17 years ago, we came here to China for the very first time, the purpose to adopt our daughter, Lydia, and so we are overjoyed now to bring her back. She's now 18 years old, and to bring her back to China, and this was always our dream to bring her back here and for her to experience this. So last Saturday, we got in here, jet lag and all, and came to worship with you all last Sunday. And i just got to tell you, you were such a blessing to my family. We were so encouraged to think about the fact that we could travel all these miles, all these hours, and be joined together with fellow believers in Christ. And my wife and I said to each other, this is so awesome Because here's this group of people that we've never even met before, but there's an immediate connection. There's an immediate connection because of Christ, because of what Christ has done. And you can feel the warmth in your church. And I don't mean these heaters either. I mean, you can feel the warmth. You can feel the love. You can feel the care that is here. So I just want to encourage you so much and give greetings to you from your brothers and sisters at Central Baptist Church in Trenton. This is such a joy for me to be able to be here with you and to share with you this morning because When God brought the Canterbury's here, he brought them with me kicking and screaming because I didn't want them to leave. They are just such precious friends of ours and involved in the ministry. But seeing you, seeing this fellowship, seeing what God is doing here in caring for them, I go back totally relieved. Totally known they're being cared for. So thank you so much for the privilege of being able to be here. And it's just an awesome opportunity. Can we pray together, please? Father in heaven, thank you so much that Christ is king. Thank you so much for the presence of your spirit today. And Father, we just want to move out all the distractions. We want to push away anything that's on our mind, what we have to do today or tomorrow, what things have happened this past week, so that our hearts can be open to hear from You. Father, we want to touch. We want to touch from Your Spirit, and we want to better understand the glory of Your Son. And our prayer is, as He is lifted up, that we and our hearts will be encouraged just to cry out in worship, You are our King. Speak to us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in the midst of a series where we're focusing on six things that individuals need to know about Jesus. Week one, you looked at the fact that he's the only begotten of God. Then last week, Rob brought out the great truth that he is the good shepherd. Today I want to share with you something unique about the person of Jesus Christ. That when we understand it and when we grab a hold of it, it can give us victory in the midst of trials. It can give us peace in the midst of pain. It can give us joy in the midst of hardship. When we understand this truth that I'm going to share with you today, it is just going to grab a hold of our hearts, I pray, and make a difference. Because let's face it. We can listen to sermon after sermon. We can watch DVD after DVD. We can listen to podcast after podcast. But if our life has not transformed to become more like Jesus, it's a waste. It's a total waste. Because Scripture says this knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. And so when you understand the Scriptures and you understand that the Scriptures are given to us so we can become more like Christ. Because let me tell you, I've been around Christians who know a bunch of stuff, but they don't apply it. And as a result, they're arrogant, they're self-centered, they're fighting, and they're like big, sploshy sponges that just kind of sit around and never get wrung out. And you know that if you have a sloshy sponge and you never wring it out, it begins to stink. And that's what can happen. So we're going to look here at a passage of Scripture. Take your Bibles, turn to John 15. John 15. And we're going to look at a truth about who Christ is that is meant to set us free that is meant to give us victory. Now you'll know, Christ is the master teacher. Think about the number of times in Scripture he would take an object and teach from that object. He'd pick up a coin to teach us about priorities. He'd bring a little child up front and say, look at that child to teach us about humility. He'd take a little lamb or he'd talk about a shepherd to teach us about a caring heart. He'd talk to a woman who needed water to teach about true living water. So now as we come to John 15, starting with verse 1, we're going to see that Christ gives us a truth about himself that literally if we grab a hold of it today, it can make a difference in how we live our Christian life. John 15.1 Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do little. No. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. The scripture says, you'll notice here to start with that Christ says, I am the true vine. Interesting. Christ says He's the true vine. Why does He focus there? Because you see, we need to understand that what He's trying to help them understand is the difference between a true vine and a false vine. It used to be that when I looked at this passage of Scripture, I thought Christ was probably walking through a vineyard. But now as i studied it for this message this week, what I've found clearly is the fact in John 13, He was with the disciples in the upper room. He is now heading toward Gethsemane. And most likely, scholars are saying He's coming down that Kidron Valley and across the Mount of Olives. And being so, He would come to the front of the temple. Where at the front of the temple over the entrance to the holy place itself would be a large cluster of a vine with huge clusters of grapes that were there to remind Israel that they were the vine. In the Old Testament, we find the Scripture says that Israel was the vine. But what Christ now says here is, I am the true vine. He's contrasting Himself as the true vine with Israel which was all giving man just a religion. What Christ is going to talk about in John 15 is the difference between religion and relationship. The nation of Israel was giving the people rules, rules that were burdening them down. And so now Christ, as He stands there at the temple and He sees this vine, says, I am the true vine in contrast to the false. A few weeks ago, had a woman who came in my office. He said, Pastor, I came here on Sunday for the very first time, and my life is a mess. So I'm going through a horrible situation. I'm, I'm in the middle of a divorce, and my marriage is just falling apart, and my heart is just is falling apart, and I don't know where to turn, and I'm coming here because I'm looking for some answers. In the midst of talking with her, I said, let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, And the Lord were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What answer would you give? She said, well, I've tried to live a good life. I've tried to do the best I could. I've tried to be the best person I can. And I said, has anyone ever taken the scriptures and shown you how you could know if you died today that you'd go to heaven? And she said, no. So I opened up the scriptures and presented the gospel to her about a relationship instead of a religion. And she sat there and she said, I grew up in church. But I've never, ever heard this before. She, what you're telling me is so different than what I've ever heard before. This is so freeing. So you're telling me all I need to do is accept Christ into my life and see Him change my life. So I presented the Gospel to her. Later that week, she wrote me an email. And I would given her a Bible because she didn't even have a Bible. And she said, Thank you so much for pointing me to the truth. I'm now looking forward to having the time of growing in this truth in the church as I'm now coming. I love to point people away from religion and to a relationship because religion will never save. And so Christ is saying here, I am the true vine. And he's pointing himself out. He then says, I am the vine, the true vine. My father is the gardener. Then he goes on and he talks throughout this passage of Scripture of vines and abiding. Every other Wednesday, I have the privilege of doing a Bible study with a group of widows from our church. The average age is 92. And there's about 12. Seriously, that's what it is. That's what it is. And there's 12 of them in this room. And we meet in this home and we meet together to study and I'm teaching them inductive Bible study. This is a hoot. This is amazing. Because they're sitting there with their Bibles. They're sitting there with their notebooks and their pens. And they come into the study and they're like, we don't think we did this right. We're just not sure we got the right answers. And I said... Relax. We're gonna have fun here. And to watch them now learn as they read scripture to circle key words, to connect together words that connect together, to ask questions. And so one of the verses, it started off with the word therefore. And so I said, okay, what's the very first most important word in this verse? And they, they jumped like seven words into these solid doctrinal words. And I said, what's the most important words? And they're like, Pastor, we don't know. That's why we're asking you. We don't know. I said, therefore, they're like, oh, okay. And so we started to see that. So when you look at a passage like this, you got to look what's being repeated over and over again, vine, abide, connect, remain. Well, you read that though. Okay. I've read this passage for years. Abide. What's that mean? Normally we don't know. We just say, oh, amen, I want to abide. I have no idea what it means, but we're supposed to do it, right? So then you go to another translation and it says, remain. Remain, where am I going? I mean, I don't get this. What's this whole thing? Then I finally read a translation that helped me understand John 15. Here's what it says. Connect. Ah, I can get connect. Here's why. When we leave tonight to go back home, we're going to take that 14-hour trip, and we're still trying to figure out how it is. We're leaving here today, and we're getting there tomorrow, which is really yesterday, but it's two days down the line from the next day. We'll figure that all out. But in the midst of that, I'll have my iPad. But during that 14-hour trip, there's no way this battery is going to hold up for 14 hours. So i like, what am I going to do? So I go online, and I found out with United... I have a plug that I can plug this in, because I got this here right here. And see, I can plug in to my iPad and plug into the power source. I can connect with it. So the entire 14 hours, I don't have to worry about it because I got my iPad right in front of me, and I can do what I need to do. Connect. So when you read in scripture that it says to abide, to remain, just move it up to the 21st century connect you know what we're talking about there so what christ says he says if you're going to experience the life that i want you to have you got to connect another illustration this past week we had the privilege of going all over beijing and one of the things we learned is we wanted to stay connected with beth our travel guide because if Beth separated from us, we were dead. There was no way. I mean, I, my Chinese, like this, you know, General's Chicken, that's as far as it goes. It doesn't go much further than that. I've learned Ni and I've done that, and Shei Shei. I've learned those two things. But it was like my wife and I would look around and say, where's Beth? Where's Beth? I don't know. Where'd she go? And so one night, this beloved woman sends us off to Beijing by ourselves, to go to the Beijing acrobat show. And we're thinking, can we do this? Can we handle this? Are we okay to be on our own in the midst of it? Now realize, we had a driver. We had someone meeting us there. We had everything all written out. We had the tickets. Everything was all taken care of. But it was like we were disconnected from our guide. Jesus says this, If you truly want to experience the life He wants you to experience, stay close to Him. Stay connected to Him. And there are three things that we're going to find in this passage of Scripture that take place when we connect with Him Because he is our power source. He is the source of true life. He is the one who can give us what we need. Look, the first is this. When you are connected to Christ, you will grow spiritually. You will grow spiritually. Look in verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so it'll be more fruitful. Now notice something. In this verse, it does not say that my responsibility is to produce fruit. It says my responsibility is to bear fruit. Big difference. There are so many Christians who think their responsibility is to produce fruit. Here's how that looks. You get up in the morning, I will be joyful today. I will have peace today. I will show contentment today. I need to, I should, I must. And so there's this burden that goes on top of them feeling like the Christian life is what i got to do, got to do, got to do, got to do. Can anybody relate to that? You see, it's the idea they think their job is to produce fruit. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, when you connect with me, you bear fruit. Big difference. If you were to go up to an apple tree and you were to say to this apple tree, how is it that you produce these apples? That apple tree is not going to say to you, I work hard. I work hard. I just put it together and I just go and the fruit comes out. Do you know what that apple tree will tell you? All I need to do is one thing. Sink my roots down into the soil, down into the nutrients, and the nutrients will flow through the different parts of the tree, and the fruit then produces, and all I do is bear the fruit. Christ is saying here, you are called to be fruitful. You are called to grow spiritually. That's why Galatians chapter 5 says it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not my fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. We have a ministry in our church that I absolutely love on Thursday nights called Celebrate Recovery. It's a Christian 12-step group. And I love it because we are able to take people who come in with hurts and habits and hang-ups and come in and the first step in the 12-step program is this, I am powerless. I am powerless to control things in my life and to see men and women Come in and be set free when they finally admit they're powerless. Because let's admit it, we play the game well. We come in and we look good. And we look like we got it all under control. We got everything's just fine. But you were fighting with your spouse on the way before you even got here. There was fights. How do I know? Because we go through it each week. We understand. And so as a result, what happens is the the enemy knows how to trip you up. Does he not? He knows exactly how to trip you up no matter which time zone you're in. He knows how to trip you up. And so we find here, he says, to bear fruit, not produce it. And then notice what he says in verse 2. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he cuts
1: off. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cuts off. Actually, if you go back to the original language, the word that is used here for cut
0: off is also a word that means to raise up. Meaning this, and this is what I found out. When I was in Romania a couple of years ago, I had a friend who, who um, raised grapes in a vineyard on the, on the portico of his home. And so I asked him this question. Based on John 15, I said, this idea of raising up branches that are coming down, here's what he said. In the spring... A vine dresser cares for fruitless branches by lifting them up off the ground so they don't create unnecessary secondary roots that will be harmful to their lasting fruit. He said, so what happens is if they're being pushed down and they're not, not producing, they're not bearing the fruit they should, I lift them up toward the sun. And as I lift them up toward the sun, the nutrients come in and it just needs a little bit more tender care. You know what this, oh, this is so this was so worth you getting up to hear today, what he has to say here? Christ is saying, sometimes you may not feel real fruitful, and sometimes you may feel like you just need the Father to tenderly care for you. And you know what our Father does? He lifts you up.
1: He lifts you up. He doesn't push you down. He doesn't push you down with shame and guilt and condemnation.
0: Instead, He lifts you up. He lifts you up and puts you up toward the sun so that you can bear that fruit. That's the Father we have. Isn't that an awesome truth? And what He's saying here is He lifts him up. And then look at the next part. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so it'll be more fruitful. Wait a minute. It's already bringing forth fruit. Why you got to prune it? How many of you, no show of hands, but how many of you has sat in the midst of pruning and said enough could you move down the street please to someone else what are you pruning me for do you know why he's pruning you so you can bear more fruit it's not because of sin it's not because of something you've done wrong that's not what he's saying here he's saying you want to be pruned to bear more fruit so what he's got to do is he's got to cut part of it off so it can grow more there's a struggle that can come through. And the branch that goes through and He prunes it so it can bear more fruit. And the trials and testings we go through, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God comforts us in our trials so that we can comfort others with the same comfort we receive. You know what I've noticed here in this church? Through a number of conversations I've I've heard, people that come here for the very first year to live in Beijing who are followers of Christ, are looking for community, are looking for connection. Love the Taco Tuesday. Awesome. I'm stealing that one. That is so fantastic. And people that have been here year two or year three already know what it's like to be here year one. So they're like, come along with me because I want to help you go through this because I
1: know what you're going through. After Kim and I got married, my parents got divorced, and that was a traumatic thing for me. I'm the oldest of six kids. I was raised in a Christian home where everything on the outside looked good, but underneath it was all falling apart. And that was a very, very hard thing for me, but here's what I learned.
0: I am now able to counsel young adults whose parents are going through divorce at another whole level than I ever would have been able to if I hadn't gone through that. See, God comforts us so we can comfort others. God allows us to go through those times of trial, those times of pruning, so we can bear more fruit. So then, first thing that happens, when you connect with Him, when you connect with Him, you then are in a situation where you grow spiritually. You may be singing and say, you know, this year I just made a goal to grow spiritually. I hear this all the time. I made a goal to grow spiritually. I said, okay, what are you going to do? My goal is I'm going to read through the Bible this next year. I thought, okay, I haven't heard that one before. All right, let's see what we can do. And then they'll come to me a few weeks into the whole thing and say, you know, next year, my goal is to read through the Bible in the whole year. And my thing is this, why not start over? Uh, I haven't read a verse yet where it says you have to get through it in a year. You know, haven't read a verse you can't start in the middle of the year in regards to that. You want to grow spiritually? Guess what? Spiritual growth does not come through osmosis. Spiritual growth comes by connecting with the vine. Spiritual growth comes from abiding and connecting with him. Secondly, when you connect with the vine, you'll be able to walk confidently. Look at verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now, wait a minute. Who's he talking to? He's talking to that ragtag group of disciples. He's talking to that group where, where they're like, you know, fighting over who's going to be first. Remember remember the story of James and John, the sons of thunder? The big issue was who's going to sit on the right hand and who's going to sit on the left hand. And here's the argument. Jesus will give you the center, but we just want to know, can we sit on the right and we sit on the left? Then the other disciples of Scripture says we're filled with indignancy, filled with anger, filled with rage. You know why it was? Because they didn't think of it at first. That was why they were angry. They didn't think of asking the question first. This is that group. And Jesus says, you're already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. What's he talking about here? What's he mean here? He's saying, listen, when you walk with me, when you are connected with me, you will hear from my heart an acceptance
1: even in the midst of your failures. When I was in third grade, I had a
0: grandfather
1: who was well known in the community. He had a coin store,
0: and he was well known in the community. People loved him, and he was a centerpiece of this small little community. And when I was in third grade, I began to start to steal, and I'd go to the the, the five and dime, the Woolworth store there, and just start to steal candy. And started to steal. One day, my grandfather came up to me. and said, let's go for a ride. I said, yeah, because I love my grandfather. He took me for a ride outside of town and left me there. No, he didn't do that. But he took me for a ride outside of town. And he said, come on out of the car. I'll never, I can still picture it today. He said, sit down right here. And I sat down. And he sat next to me. And he put his arm around me. And he said, the
1: manager of the store has told me you've been stealing. I said, yeah, I have. He said, that needs to stop now. Because if it doesn't, I'm going to tell your parents. But here's what we're going to do.
0: We're going to go back to that store today, you and me together. We're going to go up to that manager And you're going to make
1: restitution for what you've done. Do you understand me? Yes, I understand. He took me into that store.
0: Now, other times when I would walk into that store and I wasn't ready to go steal some candy, I was just kind of like sheepish, you know, kind of walking in. Because I do not want to look at anybody. But when I stood next to my grandfather who boldly took me up to the manager... He says, My grandson has something to say to you. And I apologized. And he said, And he will make restitution, correct? I said, Yes. And he will never do it again, correct? I said, Yes. Now, here's what happened my grandfather
1: showed me acceptance, even though inside I felt so unclean, I felt so unworthy. My friends, there are so many Christians who are living on a treadmill of trying to keep God happy. And Christ says, I've already accepted you because I've already paid. I've paid for your sin, I've paid
0: for your debt. And so even though you may know inside what you really are like, I want you to know I accept you. Now, that acceptance does not drive me to the point of wanting to sin more. That acceptance drives me more to wanting to live in holiness because of that acceptance. Tulia Shevijian, who's the grandson of Billy Graham and a pastor in Florida in the United States, says this, because Jesus was strong for you, you're free to be weak. Because Jesus was someone, you're free to be no one. Because Jesus was extraordinary, you're free to be ordinary. Because Jesus succeeded for you, you're free to fail. Because Jesus won for you, you're free to lose. You can now approach life from your acceptance, not for your acceptance. You see, when Christ begins to connect with you and you begin to connect with Christ, you not only find yourself walking a life where you see yourself growing spiritually, but you find you can walk confidently. You can walk confidently where you can boldly go before the throne of grace and ask, for the things that are on your heart. You can walk confidently because you can boldly go that when you know there's stuff there in your heart and there's stuff in your heart that's keeping you separated from God, you don't disconnect from Him. You connect even closer to Him. I stood right next to my grandfather as I went up to that manager because I wanted to be connected with him. And I had in my heart,
1: He accepts me even though He knows I'm a thief. God says to us, I love you, period. I
0: accept you unconditionally. I want you to know there's nothing you can ever do to make me love you anymore and there's nothing you could ever do to cause me to love you any less. I love you, period. And when you grab a hold of that in your heart you can then walk with confidence and say, yeah, inside my heart may not be matching up to you but I'm going to stay close to my Savior. And as I
1: stay connected to Him and I stay close to Him I can walk. Confidently, he says, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to. And finally, he says, you'll experience productivity.
0: Verse 4, remain in me. Connect with me as I connect with you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He's making it so
1: clear. He says, you can do Nothing. Apart from me. Let's be honest.
0: So often we live the Christian life like that is so not true. Because we try to live in our own strength. We try to live in our own power. We try to live it with the resources we have. Yeah, you know what? God, I need you when it's really hard. But in the more easier times, I can handle it. And Jesus makes it so clear. He says you can do nothing, nothing of lasting value. You see, let, let me let me give you this. There's a difference between living for Christ and Christ being your life. There's a difference between living for Christ and I see so many Christians who are defeated, who are discouraged because they're trying so hard and it's time to stop trying so hard and to trust more. It's time to stop trying so hard and just grab a hold of and say, I need you. Every hour, I need thee
1: to connect with Him. Think about it. You can have joy. You can have joy. You can force joy. I'll be joyful
0: today. Or you can have what 1 Peter 1, verse 8 says, you can have joy unspeakable. You can have peace yeah, I'm going to have peace in the midst of it. Or you can have a Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 says a peace that passes all understanding. We had
1: just moved to Pennsylvania, to Trenton, the church in Trenton. We live in Pennsylvania. And had bought a home. This is back in 2000 when I noticed I started not to feel well. And one night went to a church activity,
0: came home, and was really not feeling well all through the night and was up sicker than I'd ever been my whole life, the whole night. Well, found out the next morning I'd had a massive heart attack. And my one artery was 90% blocked, and my other
1: artery was 100% blocked. The kind of heart attack I had is called a widowmaker. And literally, I should have died. I was taken to the hospital went in, immediately had a
0: heart calf done, and had a stint put in. And I remember that weekend being in the hospital. Now you need to understand something. I don't like needles. When I have to have my blood tested, they know they have to lay me out or I will lay out. So I don't like needles. So here I'm going for this heart procedure. nurse comes in and said, do you want to watch a video of what's going to happen? I said, no, let me be surprised. I don't want to watch this. And I remember going through that whole thing. And I remember being in my room on Sunday morning after the procedure was
1: over. And I was laying there and I felt such peace that I couldn't explain. And some of you know what I'm talking about. The peace that passes understanding. And I was laying there in my bed and in came
0: this great big strapping deacon from our church. His name was Lewis
1: Robinson. He's since gone to be with the Lord. And he, he came in and he sat next to me. I said, Louis, how are you? And he said, stop. I want to know, how are you? I remember he just sat next to me and he just listened and listened and then he prayed for me and he had these great big strap and hands
0: I mean like one of his hands could wrap around two of mine I mean just huge huge hands
1: but I remember when he left there was such peace have you ever had people come and visit you in the hospital you
0: said please could you go visit somebody else And then there's other people that come in. You're like, there's something supernatural here. That's what happens when you abide in the vine. Something supernatural happens. The pieces surpasses understanding or power. Paul said this, the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You You can gear up a little bit of power, but if you want supernatural power, that takes connecting with the vine. That takes connecting with the true vine. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. He says in Colossians, Christ is my life. You see it over and over again. And through this passage you see, he says you can either bear fruit or bear more fruit or bear much fruit. And so when you connect with the vine and then reading down, going down to verse 7, he then talks about prayer and he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And this is my Father's glory. You bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. There's productivity. You see, you have spiritual growth when you abide in the vine. You have, you have a confidence in your walk. But there's productivity that you can experience. There's productivity in prayer every Tuesday morning. I have the privilege of taking these um, response cards that we have in our, in our church called Connect Cards. Where we ask people to give prayer requests. And I take these cards every Tuesday morning and pray for the people that give these connect cards. And I love doing it. And one of the reasons I love to do it is because I love to see when they then write back and say, you prayed for this and God answered. You prayed for this. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Him. And so He's talking here, this idea of connecting, connecting and seeing productivity in prayer. So how's this all this wrap up? A couple weeks ago, a dear friend and mentor of mine, who many of you, I'm sure, know who he is, Howard Hendricks, went to be with the Lord. Dr. Hendricks was 88 years old, had ministered to literally 13,000 seminary students over 60 years at Dallas Seminary. And Dr. Hendricks had a number of little, little one-liners, little, little statements that he would give that would just impact you all the time. I just love the man. And one of them he had is this. He'd say, men and women... Make sure to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. And I love that because you know what he's always taught us to do is take the truth and bring it to a point that you can land the puppy down and make it apply. So how does all this apply? What is the so what? What is the thing that we need to understand? Where do you go if you feel inadequate this week? Where do you go? How do you connect? We know to, to abide is to connect with the one life source we have, which is Christ. We see the results. You'll have spiritual growth. You'll be able to walk confidently, and you'll be able to experience productivity. But let me give you something that I think has helped me so much in this. It's based off of what Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself to me. I'm going to put a sentence up here on the screen. I want you to think through this sentence. Go ahead and show it if you would. And here's a sentence, and here it is. You can fill in the blank. Whatever it is you're going to face this week where you feel you most need supernatural strength that only Christ can give, supernatural power that only Christ can give, supernatural peace that only Christ can give, how do you abide? You do this.
1: I can't, but I give you permission to through me.
0: I can't, but I give you permission to through me. For example, let's say you're going to confront an EGR person this week. You say, what's an EGR person? Extra grace required? Those, those people, when you see them start to come toward you, you go, I don't know if I got the patience here. And so what you do is you whisper up an arrow prayer to God and you say, Lord, I don't have the patience, but I give you permission to show patience through me. Or maybe you're in a situation where you're looking at it and you're a person who struggles with control instead of trust. You say, I want to be in control. And instead of trying to be in control, you say, Lord, instead of being in control, I can't let go. I can't. But I give you permission to work trust through me. See, when you begin to see Christ as the source of your life and you begin to connect with
1: Him, you can then understand what He wants to do. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you so much
0: for the privilege of connecting with you so that we can see supernatural strength flow through us as we abide in you and you and us. In Jesus' name, amen.